Hello and welcome. This is the 15th episode of the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Arma Grigic, and today I have uh, Renata Sportel. She is a manager innovation at Albertine, and it's actually Albertine Online, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, welcome, welcome. Thank you. So, could you tell a little bit about your background and yes. uh, how you got to Albertine? Yeah, of course. Um, so, when I was 18, I uh, started psychology. Uh, I started studying psychology at the University of Utrecht. Uh, and I've always been interested in people and uh, the reasons behind uh, their behavior. Uh, but when I finished my master's, I decided that I didn't want to become an actual psychologist. Okay. Um, so I switched uh, to company life. And after working in a commercial role, I uh, made a switch to an innovation role at an insurance company. And then I found out that uh, working in innovation is actually uh, my passion. Okay. Um, and what I really like about it is that I, uh, in innovation, I com combine my interest in people with uh, finding new, awesome technological p possibilities. Um, and regarding innovation, I've always been interested in retail because a lot of exciting things are happening in that field, mm -hmm. both nationally and internationally. Um, so then I found uh, a role at Albert Heijn uh, on the internet and I uh, applied. And when I uh, went for a job interview, it was an instant match. So that's how I ended up at Albert Heijn. Okay. Yeah. And what spoke to you about Albert Heijn be besides being the retail? Uh, well, it's kind of a supermarket king in, in, in the Netherlands. Right? Yeah. So what, what spoke to you about Albert Heijn in particular? Well, uh, Albert Heijn uh, has been existing for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, and they've always been super innovative. So compared to other retailers in the Netherlands, they uh, are always the front runner. So, for example, we helped uh, the Dutch citizens buy a refrigerator. Oh, really? Uh, in in the fifties. So uh, they've always been. Yeah, Albert Heijn has been such an innovative company over the years. Yeah. So I really wanted to combine my innovation passion with a retail, and that's what I found in uh, Albert Heijn. Okay. Um, and what also appealed to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because uh, th that's not that's those are kind of things that a lot of people don't know about Albert Heijn. It's yeah. it's such a household name. Uh, a lot of generations, I think, in, in the Netherlands have kind of well, they've grown up with Albert Heijn as a name, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I think that that's 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 the cool part, of course, is that for even for a supermarket chain, they're uh, as you said, innovative uh, in a lot of things, uh, but which we will, <laughs> of course, yeah. get to. But I want to go back to your role. Yeah. Um, so, what does your role uh, entail? So, what what does someone like you do at uh, at Albert Heijn? Yeah. So, as a manager innovation, I'm responsible for the labs department at Albert Heijn Online. Mm -hmm. uh, and as a department, we are uh, responsible for creating new business models and implementing technological innovations. Okay. Uh, so, we basically try to solve customer problems by uh, finding new po technological possibilities. Mm -hmm. So, that's also the connection to my psychology background. Uh, and I'm responsible for translating trends uh, and customer problems into new uh, opportunities for Albert Heijn Online, uh, the daily management of the team, for example, uh, but also management of projects that we do, stakeholder management. Uh, and we also work a lot with um, other partners in an external ecosystem, for example, a lot of startups. Okay. 
So that's what I uh, do. Okay. And uh, you, your psychology background helps also in, a, in some kind of tests or something like that, I can yeah. imagine, right? C- could you tell exactly. a little bit about that? Yeah, because we uh, work fully by uh, implementing the Lean Startup method. Okay. Uh, and that means that we basically validate every step we make. So when we have an idea, we immediately validate it with our customers. So uh, I'm constantly busy with uh, the behavior of of our customers, translating it into technological possibilities, but also validating the technological possibilities with those customers again. Mm -hmm. Um, And in that cycle, we are able to launch innovations within three months. Okay. So that's pretty fast for a corporate. And um, so I constantly combine technological interests with uh, customer behavior. Yeah, so how do you do that validation part? So how, how does that work? Uh, do you have like a panel or something? Or how do you actually test those ideas out with, uh, with particular customers? Yeah, we do it uh, in multiple ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time we do a lot of customer interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes we use existing panels, but other times it's a really specific uh, target audience. But then we've, yeah, find that audience and uh, just go there and talk to customers. Okay. So the Lean Startup method says that you should just go out on the street and validate uh, with possible customers in the future. Okay. Yeah. And uh, what what kind of... Um, because a lot of times, at least from what I've, can, what I've noticed in the past, is that uh, when I talk to customers and I ask them, okay, uh, what would you like or yeah. uh, <laughs> what... what uh, they really can't formulate an answer to that. Yeah. Uh, just because uh, in some cases you don't even know you needed something if it's, yeah. not, uh, if it's not there. Exactly. Uh, so h- how, do you, how do you work around, do you work around that at all? Uh, yeah, the key is to not ask what you want. So mm-hmm. if, you ask, if you ask like, do you want this product? Everybody's tendency, everybody has the tendency to say yes. Yeah, even if they don't need it. <laughs> yeah, so you should, Um, find the customer problem Mm -hmm. so you should just ask what's your problem regarding this specific topic then build a solution for that problem and then validate the solution for example by a prototype Mm. so you don't ask if you want the prototype you just build it and then find out if customer customers want it yeah that's that's the thing is that uh, uh, that's also a mistake we made is asking okay what would you like to see in a new I don't know, in a new version or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the people, it's not that they can't think about it on that level, but it's yeah. more like they can't really conceptualize what they want to see. That's, that's the problem, right? Yeah, it's also the example of Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you asked uh, people at that time what they wanted, they would just say, I want a faster horse. Yeah. And then Ford built a car. People couldn't even imagine that something like that uh, could exist. Mm. But he built it anyway. So that's also what we're trying to do at Albert Heijn Online. Yeah, it's also the, the thing that uh, happened with the iPhone and, and yeah. uh, innovations like that. It's, it's just actually getting to something that people didn't even know they needed. Exactly. That, that's it, right? And technological possibilities are often not... Um, yeah, people don't know about the technological possibilities there are. Mm. So mm. we should... Uh, we yeah. should think it for them and then actually present exactly. the, the, yeah. the things that we try to, that we maybe want to release. That's the, that's the, that's the point. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. of course, everybody knows Albert Heijn in the Netherlands. Um, so do you primarily work on uh, aha.nl or do you also work on other websites uh, regarding uh, Albert Heijn as well? 
Yeah, I primarily work for Albert Heijn Online, mm-hmm. um, but this also entitles products of Ethos and Gohan Gal. Okay. Um, so we work a lot together with all the different divisions in our company. Mm. Uh, and of course, we also work together with our colleagues of uh, Bol.com yeah. uh, to learn from each other, but also to create an optimal customer journey uh, cross-channel. Mm-hmm. So for example, Bol.com customers can access the website of aha.nl by uh, entering their Bol.com account. Mm, yeah. So that's uh, an example of what we did over there. So, yeah, you have kind of a single sign-on solution, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it's something that we, I talked about with uh, Manofis as well yeah. from uh, Bol.com. He also he also mentioned the the whole liquor store thing. So the thing that they are actually doing with Hal uh, Hal right now yeah. uh, with Bol.com as well. Yeah. So it's all because of you you being one uh, family in that sense mm-hmm. that you you are all a part of the same holding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. It, it does pan over multiple websites. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, competitors lately in the kind of uh, online grocery shopping uh, experience uh, mm-hmm. uh, market. Uh, Picnic was one of for one of the guests we had on the podcast as well a little while ago. So um, what do you think that Albert Hein has an edge on those uh, kind of other kind of startup? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Picnic is a startup. Actually, my guest uh, told me so. <laughs> and yeah. it's also, they started in 2015, which is a lot smaller uh, in comparison to uh, what Albert Hein has, has as a track record. So where do you think that edge lies for, for Albert Hein? Yeah. Um, well, we've been in existence since 1887. Mm-hmm. Uh, and over the years, we have, we've had many, many competitors. Um, and thanks to innovation, we still exist. Yeah. Um, so that's also, and that's also the beauty of the dynamic retail field, right? A lot of competitors. Mm. Um, and since the online grocery market is growing, it's also logical that um, many companies en- are entering this market. Um, but where we have an edge, I think, is that we um, have tons of experience. Um, we were the first on the road, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So since the mid-80s, we've had uh, James Taylor Super. So that's pretty cool. Uh, we have an extremely large assortment and network. Uh, we are very eager to test and innovate. Um, customers can also choose from multiple time slots. So they can actually choose when the delivery is taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we deliver basically in the entire country. And we provide our customers with a lot of uh, extra services like the Bezorgbundel, the Google Home, but also Smart Lock delivery, mm. for example. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, to me, the the real thing here is I I think the edge is also a little bit uh, on the logistics side, right? Because you kind of already have the whole logistics network already set up. Uh, it's just that you need to, of course, you already have the the website and stuff like that. Uh, that that helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that logistics side and all already knowing and already having that all already in place is also an edge, right? I, I think that's. That yeah, helps. we've we've had so much experience over the years, and I think that's that's an advantage. Mm, yeah, and uh, the the reason I'm also asking is that um, I don't know how, how many people do work at the kind of headquarters of Albertine. Do you know that? I don't know the exact number, but it's. A it's lot. quite a lot, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the reason I'm asking is that um, what you usually see is that uh, bigger or bigger companies like Albert Heijn mm-hmm. have a much um, 
it's a harder time uh, against kind of startups uh, which have uh, less uh, kind of overhead and less people uh, yeah. to compete. Well, what I experience is that a lot big corporates like Owls uh, tend to be an oil tanker. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Smaller companies are more uh, speedboat style. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's why I love my job at Albert Hein Online is because we try to bring the startup uh, culture mm-hmm. within uh, the corporate environment. So we tend to work as a startup. Mm-hmm. And therefore, we are able to launch innovations within three months. And that way of working is spreading within the company. So um, we have our innovation motor running mm. uh, the past few years. So we've um, we've been able to innovate pretty fast. Mm. So I don't I don't think we're behind startups at that point. Yeah, because uh, the 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 Aha Online part is probably a lot smaller than the whole of course the whole of Albertine right that's that's the that's the thing yeah so but I think the key is to just implement new ways of working within corporate environments to be able to be as fast as uh, startups or other companies yeah. and take that as an example of how you can uh, work within your own company yeah so how are you organized within that and uh, within the online part is that like all kind of small teams that work on something together or how, how does that work it depends on the team it depends on the department you work for mm-hmm. but uh, as a lobs team we're um, basically our own um, entity within the company okay and um, we can just validate our ideas the ideas that we have mm-hmm. um, and um, um, yeah, you can move freely without. Yeah, uh, without and when we prove that something works within yeah. a certain experiment, mm. we can just show it to uh, the board, and they will give their approval. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually, I think that's also the way to um, uh, to be competitive to other companies. Yeah, yeah. Um, just yes. Um, you're staying nimble because you're you're a lot smaller in that sense, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't how, how many people are on the labs team at, at the moment. At the moment, we're with uh, twenty people. Twenty people, yeah. yeah. So that's that's um, kind of the uh, what I usually say is that the, kind of the tipping point of uh, getting slower is probably at forty, something like that, mm-hmm. thirty, forty. So twenty is probably the the. Yeah, it's the, the the correct size to to be able to to move quickly. That's exactly yeah. Yeah, and so a, a lot of teams within the company mm. uh, are, are working in the same way that we do. Yeah. Um. So very fast, very agile, and that way, um, yeah, we use it as a so our corporate power combined with um. Uh, the fast teams are yeah. a, a great combination in order to innovate fast. Yeah, because you have that kind of, uh, I, I don't know who I talked to that had the same thing, but you kind of had the, have the like big brother behind you that uh, can back you up yeah. for, for for example, the budget and uh, and actually implementing stuff because that's, that's mi- mostly where kind of startups uh, fail is just because of budget, right? Mm-hmm. Because of budget reasons. Uh, they yep. cannot actually do what they want to because they need X amount of money. And that's that's easier when you have, a, well, a bigger corporate behind you. Yeah. And I have to say, because we validate everything, mm-hmm. um, we also try to uh, keep our tests as um, low-key as possible. Okay. So we actually build prototypes by ourselves. So... Um, I think it's mostly marketing power as well. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, because if you have a new product, uh, if we look at the, some of the, the things you've done, uh, if we look at Alpifly before, mm-hmm. uh, for example, because that was one of the, I think it's one of the latest innovations from your team, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, we launched it on the 1st of October. Yeah. So that's that's was uh, also uh, in cooperation with uh, Transavia, which is a, uh, one of the big airlines in the Netherlands. It's actually, I think it's part of KLM, right? Yeah. It is, right? I think so too, yeah. Yeah. So um, well, while, we're think- while we're talking about that, could you explain what Opifly is? And yeah. What it tries to solve. That's, the, that's yeah. also the, the, the big thing here. Yeah, Alpifly is basically a grocery service for uh, flight passengers. Okay. Um, so we basically hosted a design sprint together with Transavia. Mm-hmm. And we found out that customers that come back from a holiday experience an empty fridge. Obviously. Yeah, in most cases I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So especially when you're more than uh, seven days away, for example, you clean your fridge before you go yeah. on holiday. And then when you come back, you don't have anything. And a lot of customers uh, um, are irritated about it. And they also don't want to go to the supermarket because they want to keep their holiday feeling as long as possible. Mm. So um, this is a problem that could easily be tackled uh, when we work together as an airline and an online grocery retailer. So um, we decided to work together and make online grocery delivery possible at the airport. So basically, Transavia is promoting the service during their flights. And they can order um, at aha.nl slash Okay. And when they land, um, the groceries are ready for them immediately in the arrivals hall. Oh, okay. So that's also the difference with the normal pickup point that we already have at Schiphol Airport. Pickup point we have there is pretty far away from where people land. They think it's too much of a hassle to go there, pick their groceries, and um, um, go for a drive all the way there. They just want to pick it up at the arrivals hall, take it with them, and get home, and keep their holiday feeling as long as possible. Yeah, what I'm wondering is, um, how do you, because you say you can order through a website, yep. so where do you do that? So at what point do you do that? Because in the, in the air, it's kind of hard to do that, because... Uh, in most cases, you won't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how how does that work? So does someone have to do that before they uh, uh, before they depart from their kind of destination where they were? Yeah. At the moment, it's uh, they have to order when they check in for their flight okay. back home. Mm-hmm. But when they check in, they also receive the possibility to order uh, their groceries. Okay. Um, but in the future, uh, we think it is possible to maybe order uh, on the plane. on the air. Yeah. Um, so we hope that this test is a success and yeah. then we can expand to all the touch points in the customer journey. Yeah, because I can imagine that uh, a lot of airlines already are doing the kind of Wi-Fi in the air thing. Uh, I can imagine that if you if this test is successful, it would be beneficial for you and for uh, Transavia to kind of yeah, yeah g- give some kind of possibility for someone to do it in the air as yeah. well. But what we did uh, validate, because we actually uh, took a flight ourselves and then we oh, offered really? <laughs> the, we offered the Oppie fly service uh, in the air. Okay. But a lot of customers gave back to us that they uh, thought it was too late in the customer journey mm. because a lot of customers already um, figured something out with their neighbors or their family. 
Um, so they ask their uh, family member, for example, can you do some groceries for me? Ah. Um, so three days in advance was the optimal uh, time to order their groceries for the flight back home. And that's something that we learned because we did multiple tests with the service. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's something that I didn't expect, but no. I, it, it, does, it does seem logical when you, when you think about it, uh, when you actually talk about it like you do. Uh, because for me, it seems like a hassle to do it. For example, if I'm still in my hotel mm-hmm. uh, at at the destination, I it it seems to me that that's more of a hassle than doing it on the plane. Because on the plane, I'm not doing anything yeah. anyway. Yeah, that I was really surprised about this as well. Yeah. Um, but a lot of customers are pretty control minded, so they want to have everything checked when they uh, go home. Mm. Uh, and also we made it super easy for them because we created uh, packages for them. So they o- only need to click one or two products and then they have their uh, nece- necessary products for the first days. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's kind of, um, you call it, I, th- I think it's called something like a welcome home package or something exactly, like that, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So that, that that makes sense to me because I'm not going to do all my groceries uh, when, no. I, when I'm on vacation. I no. It doesn't make sense. Customers only want uh, some groceries for the first few moments after they arrive home. Yeah. Um, but after that, they are still going to the supermarket for their big groceries for the entire week. Yeah. So the things that are in the welcome package for welcome home package, uh, how did you pick those? Is that also something that came out of the tests or? Yeah. We basically validated everything. Mm-hmm. So we talked to our customers and um, during the design sprint, we had multiple prototypes. Yeah. And we also had um, like meals like macaroni, spaghetti, uh, pasta for the evening. Yeah. But a lot of customers told us that they, um, when they arrive home from a holiday, they want to keep that holiday feeling. So when they uh, need a meal for the evening, mm-hmm. they just go out for dinner. They just, um, pick something up or they will get it delivered to their home mm-hmm. so they uh, gave us back that they only need breakfast and lunch so that's something we um, yeah remember that you test yeah. Yeah. yeah and we used that as a starting point to create our products that we yeah. have in place right now yeah because I, I would think that um, in some cases it, it also depends on when the flight is the, the, yeah. does that does that have kind of an effect what did you get out of the test from that so say for instance my flight is at night or something like that at night yeah um, well the we started since the 1st of October so mm. it's too early to uh, <laughs> yeah. draw some conclusion on, some conclusions on that part but uh, it we, I have to say that this is only a starting point. So yeah. when we validate that the um, that the customer need is there, so that they are actually um, ben- that is beneficial for the uh, flight passengers, yeah. then we are uh, expanding the service from there. So it mm. could be the case that in the future we we will we, we'll have a dinner package. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, we only have breakfast and lunch. Yeah, and it's also good to start. I mean, uh, that's that's something that I try to promote as well when we are building the kind of uh, products of ourselves, is that it, it's good to kind of start with the V1 or yeah. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, uh, we call it a minimum lovable product. Minimum lovable product. Yeah. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> I'll, keep, I'll keep that in, yeah. in, in our team as well when we are creating a product. Yeah, yeah it's actually, it, it, it is true. I mean... 
it doesn't make sense to make all the kind of logistical things that you have to do around it uh, for everything, uh, even if the client doesn't want it in the end. Uh, that that's uh, yeah. that's so cool about the the kind of testing phase that you go through, right? Yeah, and that's why it's also super important because when we uh, thought about the idea uh, together with Transavia, we were so focused on the ordering at the airplane, mm. but now we found out that people. Don't, don't want, want it. it. So it would would have been a really big investment to yeah. build up the ecosystem in the airplane and yeah, then because, finding yeah. out that it's not going to work. Yeah, because of the connectivity and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, that that's crazy. I, I, you, when you when when I saw I saw this this kind of announcement on on LinkedIn, uh, and I was like, okay, uh, how hard can this be? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah. How hard is it to to get uh, things like this working? But uh, for me, it's also interesting to see uh, the way you kind of work together with Transavia. So, c- could you tell a little bit about that? How how that came about? Because it's yeah. two different, totally different corporations, right? Yeah. So we actually met during an event. Okay. And then we had a discussion about innovation and we decided let's just do a design sprint because I, we probably have overlapping issues between our customers and the customers of Transavia. Um, and then we found out that the empty fridge is a big problem. Mm. Um, and it's so cool because it's a co-creation between multiple big companies. Yeah. And um, most of the time companies tend to innovate within their own company. Um, but I personally believe that innovation um, exists or arises when you uh, do it in an open uh, innovation ecosystem. Yeah. So define what your customer problems are, but look for partners that can help you solve these problems. Mm-hmm. And maybe you will go a bit slower because you need a lot more stakeholder management and stuff like that. Yeah. But you will also get a better result. Yeah, but don't you think, well, the the thing that comes to mind when you talk about that is that do you did you also feel that you had like a period of kind of trust building between the companies or was that already there from the beginning how how did that go because i can imagine you're not in the same playing field uh because they're an airliner you're mm-hmm. actually doing groceries and stuff like that yeah uh but is there still kind of a hesitant feeling uh going into something like a design sprint or or whatever how, how did you how did that feel to you to to work with another company that's not yours? Yeah. I mean, yeah, for me personally, it wasn't an issue at all. Yeah, uh, we had immediately immediate trust from both sides. Mm. Um, but of course, you have to make good appointments about uh, the idea and who's the owner and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. But because we are um, in totally different fields, um, it feels um, like an improvement to work together with a big company like that. Mm. Um, but not only Transavia, we're also working with uh, a lot of startups, for example, that can actually add value yeah. to uh, to our company as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, to me, that, that's also an interesting point to touch on because you, you mentioned the kind of smart lock thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how, how does that work? So how, how does that, how is that being implemented uh, at Albert Heijn? Yeah, so we um, found out that uh, one of the top five reasons not to order online is because customers have to wait at home for their online groceries, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. And for shoes, it's not that big of a problem because you can just get them delivered to your neighbor. But for your groceries, it is a problem because the products need to be cooled. 
So then we thought of the smart look as a possible solution. Um, and also we see that families become a lot more busy. So uh, back in the day, only one family member would have a job. But now... Everybody's working. <laughs> yeah, everybody's working. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Everybody is exploring uh, outside, of, outside of work for sports and cultural activities and stuff like that. So... Um, yeah, that's a big pain for customers. So how do they get their groceries? So mm. online groceries is growing for that reason. Yeah, yeah it is. Um, but we have to make it as easy as possible and also take a lot of hassles away for our customers. So that's why we decided to experiment with smart locks. Um, and also it creates operational efficiency from our side because we have multiple time slots. Um, and now we can just deliver one street uh, in one time instead of going there multiple times a day yeah because everybody chose a different time slot so that's also um behind it a reason behind it uh so we now have a pilot running in the region of alkmaar where okay. we actually uh, supplied some homes with the solution and it's important to note that all the customers are in control who's entering their home yeah and who doesn't yeah because we also work with a um yeah a smart doorbell Okay. So they can actually see who's in front of their door. They get a notification on their smartphone and they can just open it uh, while they look at uh -huh. their smart doorbell. Okay. Um, and they also receive a notification when the delivery person finished the delivery. So it gives them a very secure feeling. And to increase the secure feeling, we also work together with Centraal Beheer. Okay. One of the largest uh, insurance companies in the Netherlands. So yep. that's also an experience of co-creation <laughs> yeah. with another, uh, yeah, yeah. another big it's company. It's a lot of companies, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they take, uh, they take care of the insurance. That, yeah, for example, if uh, something expensive falls. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah by accident, mm -hmm. they will cover it. So how long has this been running? This kind of, uh, it's kind of a pilot, right? Yeah. Yeah, it it also started on first of October. Oh, actually, okay. so we launched multiple innovations yeah. uh, this month. <laughs> um, busy times. <laughs> yeah, very busy, and it's pretty. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool to experiment it, but we also face some operational uh, of issues, of course. So, but it's too early to draw conclusions as yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, uh, how does that how does that feedback loop go? Uh, so, say for instance, you you've launched on the first of October for. Uh, the smart uh, the smart lock project yeah uh, when do you kind of know uh how do you how do you know and when do you know to actually ask the feedback so how uh, people are experiencing it how, how do you go yeah. about that well um we do it together with our own colleagues uh, to be exact so okay. um because we found out that a lot of people are still pretty scared to implement yeah, that's, smart locks in their home yeah, yeah. so we decided to uh, do a pilot with uh, colleagues of Aldelhaza. Mm -hmm. um, so we actually have feedback loops with them after every order they make. Okay. They have to provide us uh, the customer satisfaction, uh, possible issues that they faced. Um, but we also ask the delivery guys to do the same thing. How they felt like yeah, doing that. Because yeah. the security, it's important for the from the customer perspective, but also from the deliverer perspective. Because mm. what happens if a customer blames a delivery person um, while he didn't do anything, for example. Yeah. So the security part works both ways. Mm -hmm. um, so after every order, we uh, have a feedback loop 
-hmm. And then after three months, we combine them all and um, take some correlation tests and yeah, draw the most important conclusions. So what, what, kind of, uh, uh, what kind of issues do you know about that you faced in this project as well? Well, for example, uh, we have a smart doorbell mm -hmm. and customers have to look their, on their smartphone in order to be, ab uh, to be able to open a door. Yeah. But uh, when you're in a meeting or um, when you're away, uh, it's sometimes you miss your smart doorbell. Yeah, yeah. So the delivery guy sometimes stands there for <laughs> multiple minutes. Oh, really? Um, yeah, well, actually, that could take a, it took, take a real while if you're in a meeting or something like that. Yeah. So that's an operational uh, hassle that we face. Yeah. Um, so for scalability, we need to tackle that as well. Yeah, it would be. Yeah, I was. I'm just thinking about how you could solve that, but uh, that would probably mean that you need to have multiple people, maybe, to get that risk a little bit down. Yeah, or validate that the person standing in front of your door is actually someone of Albert Hang. In yeah. another way, maybe, for example, with fingerprint or uh, iris scan or yeah, yeah, <laughs> new whatever, technologies yeah. uh, on that part, mm. uh, because the security of the customer is the most important thing. Yeah, of course. Um, so if there's any other way, any other technology where we can validate that the person is actually a person of Albert Hang, mm. that would be uh, awesome. So we're thinking about those options as well. Yeah. So, uh, who supplies the kind of the, the doorbell and the smart locks and stuff like that? Who does that? Is that kind of a company that you work with, or? Yeah, we work with uh, three companies on that part. Okay. So one supplier for the uh, smart doorbell. Mm -hmm. uh, then we work with uh, the Nuki Nuki uh, smart lock. Okay. And we work with the Nello One, and the Nello One is for apartment doors. So you have the Nello one on your apartment, the Nuki on your actual door, and then also the smart doorbell on your actual door. Yeah, because the 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 thing that I'm thinking about right now is how would you do it with uh, apartment buildings where you have like a door in front of your own door? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that would be because I'm I'm looking at my own situation. I live in an apartment building where mm -hmm. uh, we kind of have a main entrance where. Not everybody can go in, of course. Yeah, I'm not too sure if my kind of housing corporation would be <laughs> would be like really open yeah. to just adding a smart lock there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something... also an issue I think that you could yeah. face in that sense. Yeah, so the Nello one is offering a solution for that, mm. but of course you would have to talk to your uh, neighbors if they approve a solution like that. Yeah, but for example, I live in an apartment with um, three different houses. So over there, it's much more easy to uh, get a solution like that in place. Yeah, because you can just talk to your neighbors yeah. if they want to have that. Uh, and if they're open-minded enough, they can just um, install it. And the um, unattended delivery would be possible. Mm -hmm. um, but I think in a few years, it will be much more standard. Yeah, that, that's the thing is that uh, this, is, <laughs> this is really early. I mean, uh, not a lot of companies have done this. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it will only work if, um, if it would be kind of generally available. And then what I mean by that yeah. is that it wouldn't be just for Albertine, but it would also be for, I don't know, for Postanel, which is yeah. a delivery company. Uh, An ecosystem of other partners. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that that's where the, the complexity comes in. And I also think that that's the reason why a lot of 
well, a lot of companies haven't uh, been able to do it is because of this. Yeah. People don't want a lock for every supplier. No, that no, they, no. Uh, That's also what I personally believe in. Um, yeah. If we as Albert Heijn um, supply a lot of doors with this solution, mm. uh, I do believe in an open innovation ecosystem where multiple partners can enter. Yeah. For example, also healthcare uh, providers. It's a yeah. great solution for them as well. Yeah, for for example, I, I know a lot of people get their kind of medicines delivered at home. Yeah. Right? That's that's what you're meaning. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm and, and also thinking about uh, what it would mean for businesses. So um, in most cases, for example, uh, we do that as well here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we order at uh, Albert Heijn and uh, some delivery guy hear. does. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, we I mean, a lot of companies do that. Yeah. I think that... Uh, I, think that uh, I don't know what the kind of ratio is on your side, uh, how many businesses you have or how many like normal people that just deliver at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can imagine that the, the business side is very, very big. Uh, is yeah. it bigger than the whole kind of personal side? So, Well, I don't know the exact uh, numbers, but it is a pretty big part. Yeah, um, yeah. Businesses, of course, they want to order for their entire office. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the smart door lock solution could be uh, possible for them as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not different than, I mean, in the office, usually there is someone there. That, yeah, that's but I difference. think the personal security is, um, more, yeah, yeah. is much easier to tackle in a B2B perspective mm. because um, when a, a delivery guy enters your home, your personal belongings are over there. But when there's an office... yeah. Yeah, okay, um, the company laptop can be stolen. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Something like That's that. That's something that we, of course, don't want. But, no, of uh, course. It, I mean, it feels less scary, yeah, I can yeah. imagine, because also your personal photos and stuff like that. And um, yeah, I personally believe in trust. So we should trust uh, yeah. each other and we should trust all people. But unfortunately, that's, that's not, not uh, the case yeah. at all times. But um, for companies, that could be less of an issue. Yeah, I can't really imagine someone stepping into my house without me being there. No. That's something that I think that a lot of people need to get over yeah. uh, to get this this really rolling. Because as yeah. you said, uh, it's it's really it's really a personal space. I mean... Um, it is, yeah. Yeah, it... it I, I cannot imagine someone doing that, but uh, uh, I can imagine that it will become more uh, popular yeah. as soon as people get the... Uh, for example, if my neighbor does it and I hear, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, nothing to worry about, it, it just works well, Yeah, uh, I will probably do it. Because I, I don't like waiting at home for a yeah. package uh, and also not for my groceries no. if I want to, to order that. So. No. And would you be scared if we put it in your hallway? Instead of your fridge? Yeah, I'm not, not sure. I didn't think about that. But uh, So is the concept also to do it, like really deliver, deliver in the sense that you would put it in the fridge as well? Yeah, that's what we do in the pilot right now. Okay, so yeah. you really do actually get all the groceries out, put it in the fridge. Yep. Okay, that's great. Yeah, and we validated, <laughs> there was actually a news item on RTL News. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they validated that only 6% of the people are open to that solution at the moment. Mm. So in-fridge delivery. So that's a pretty small percentage. Why is that? Yeah, because of the security feeling. Also, but yeah. uh, when you asked uh, 20 years ago, 
whether people wanted a smartphone. Yeah. Everybody was like, no, I'm not going to do that ever. If yeah. you want to call me, just call me. Uh, and if I'm at home, you're lucky. And if not, uh, no problem. Mm. So I think technological innovations take uh, some time f- um, to be fully adopted. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so we are the first in the Netherlands to experiment with that. And um, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that it actually uh, entails also the, the delivery in the fridge because that makes it actually more interesting to me than just doing it in the hallway or just on my table. Because yeah, we fully take care of you and we fully yeah. Yeah. Um, it's supply also you logical. with your groceries. Yeah, yeah, it's logical. I mean, uh, some things need to be refrigerated, so you mm-hmm. would have to do it. Um, yeah. So uh, the hallway is actually not an option in that sense. Yeah, if you work with specific cooling yeah, of course. boxes or stuff like that, yeah, it yeah. could be done. Yeah. But um, yeah, in-fridge delivery, I think, is the future. Mm. But it would take some time for it to be fully adopted. Yeah, and I'm wondering about something else. Uh, so there was a lot of news about the Google Home being uh, sold at Albertine. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know the reasoning why uh, why to sell the Google Home in Albertine as well? Yeah, well, uh, we believe that voice is growing uh, a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the US, it's pretty standard. Yep. Um, but until a few days ago, it wasn't available in the Dutch language yet. So now it is. Um, and uh, we want to become the assistant in your kitchen. Yeah. So when you're cooking and you have dirty hands, you need to touch your uh, iPhone with your mm. dirty hands in order to be able to read the recipe. Yeah. So we want to um, take all those burdens away and just become your uh, kitchen assistant. Yeah. So through the Appy Assistant on Google, you can just ask what you can eat tonight, um, if he can help you cook, uh, but also order your groceries uh, through aha.nl. Mm-hmm. And we think that it will become much more standard in the coming years. Yeah. So, um yeah, what I'm thinking about is actually the the, the the real problem here is, or maybe the problem, the, the kind of challenge here is, okay, I want pepper, so I need to have black pepper. Mm-hmm. I want to have black pepper, but I want to have it from a specific brand mm-hmm. because you have your own kind of house brand. Yeah. Uh, but you also uh, sell kind of A-list products or whatever you want yeah. to call it. Yeah. Uh, so that that's something that I can, <laughs> can see being a challenge there, right? Yeah, you could just ask Google, um, add pepper of this brand to my list. Yeah, exactly. And it also works. So, yeah, it could be it, a solution for every uh, specific need. Is that, So that's already available, right? So it's already available when you purchase yeah. that Google Home right now. So mm-hmm. you could al- already do it. Yeah. And it, does it also, you mentioned kind of the, the kind of help me cook. Mm-hmm. How does that work? So does that work with the, you have like the Allerhande thing, which you have the all kinds of recipes yeah. and stuff like that. Does it work with that or how does that work? Yeah, for example, if you have um, tomatoes and mozzarella in your fridge, you can just ask Google or Oppi through Google, uh, what you can make with these ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you will just say, help me prepare this recipe. Take me to the next step. Take me to the next step. So um, you can just guide um, Allerhande recipe uh, when you're ready for the next step. Yeah. Um, and in the future, that will become uh, much more automated as well. Yeah. Because your home is getting constantly smarter. Mm-hmm. So your fridge could already know in the future what you have 
uh, in your fridge automatically. Yeah. Also, for example, see your schedule. Like, okay, you're going to the gym tonight and you still have um, mozzarella and pasta in your fridge. You could mm-hmm. cook a very protein-rich meal. This is how you should do it. And I automatically will order your missing ingredients for you. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but that that's really crazy. Uh, although, yeah, of course, <laughs> a lot of people will say, I don't want you to order anything automatically for yeah. me. Uh, yeah, and that's also, that's, uh, that's also possible. Customers should always be able to do what they want. Yeah. If they want to go to the store with a manually written uh, shopping list, they could just do it. Yeah, exactly. But if they want it to become more autom- automated, they could also, also do it. Yeah, you're trying to get the friction away out of grocery shopping. Yeah, that's that's, pro- that's kind of the the real goal, right? It's it's making it as easy as possible to get your groceries without you yeah. having to really think about what or I forgot something or mm-hmm. that that I mean that happens. <laughs> yeah, that happens a lot. I, I don't yeah, want- we don't want you to spend time on grocery shopping if you can spend time is getting more uh, limited anyway and yeah. more, more valuable. Mm. So we want you to spend it uh, in the way you want it. Yeah. Um, so if you really like grocery shopping, you should also you should be <laughs> able to spend yeah. hours in the Albert Heijn store. Mm. Um, but if you want it to become more automated, that's also possible. Yeah. So what, uh, other than maybe voice, uh, what do you think it will become more and more apparent as, as innovations uh, within that grocery, well, the grocery shopping market? But what do you think? Yeah, the, the online grocery yeah, shopping? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it will grow. Obviously, mm. uh, a lot more customers adopt uh, the home delivery of groceries, mm. um, but also new ways of delivering will become standard. Yeah. Um, and by that, I mean that cities become much more crowded, uh, but also government want, governments want to be more sustainable and ban uh, vans out of the city. Yeah. So, um, yeah, new ways of delivering will become standard. For example, driverless car delivery in the future but also a lot more electrical vehicles, bike delivery, and maybe even <laughs> drone delivery. Yeah, um, yeah. That, that's that's the thing that's, I think, uh, the biggest challenge to is actually to get, kind of, not rid of the delivery guy, but uh, mm-hmm. th- that's, that is a big challenge, right? I mean, the, the biggest challenge is how do you get it actually inside of the, the home mm-hmm. and not just... Because, of course, you can just hire someone and they will drive around. But that's not the most efficient way to do it. No, and, and also you want to ban uh, the vans out of the city and become much more efficient. Yeah. yeah. So I also believe that companies have to work together mm-hmm. in order to create an optimal delivery network within urban areas, for example. Mm. Yeah, because you don't want to uh, stand like in the, the crowded uh highways and stuff like that Mm -hmm. just because you want to deliver something yeah and uh next to voice and new delivery ways uh i really believe that our homes will become so much smarter so Mm. your um kitchen already knows what you want to eat tonight and he will just medically order it um and next to that i also believe in automation and robotization okay uh, in online grocery in the online grocery market yeah yeah, and also what what's really interesting is also the thing that Amazon is doing, but also Albertine is doing with the kind of without the yeah how do you call it so without the real hassle of going through the the cashier's points and stuff like that. So yeah, the just, seamless checkout. Yeah, this, yeah, the totally seamless checkout. Just grab and go. Yeah. yeah. 
yeah i think that that uh that also will be adapted much faster i think than mm-hmm. uh than even the whole delivery part right yeah i think it's a combination always and yeah, i also uh believe in the combination between the on and the offline world a lot more mm-hmm. because now uh when you're in store we don't recognize you uh based on your online uh, behavior for example but in the future that would become much more evident as well yeah so, so we already know that you searched for a specific recipe and in store we will guide you through the store to uh pick it up much more fast yeah because now sometimes i have to really think about okay i have to go with this uh alley because the, there's where i need to have this thing so yeah and maybe ar or vr could help you yeah yeah. Uh, walk through the store yeah i yeah. was actually thinking about do you even need stores anymore but it's more that you want to have that option instead of it being the only way to do it mm-hmm. That's and it, customers right? also want to feel the fresh products for example that they're yeah, going to buy of course for example an avocado it's really important that it's a certain amount of uh, that there's a certain amount of ripeness to yeah, the avocado not course. too hard but also not too soft so that's really uh, i think the uh, stores will never go away. Mm. Uh, I do think that the online world is becoming much more uh, that w- that will grow much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it will always be a combination. Okay, and uh, to wrap up, yeah, because I want to ask <laughs> the 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 hardest question that I always ask everybody. Yeah, uh, what what are you most proud of? Um, well, of course, I'm really proud of the innovations and the technologies that we managed to launch. So project-wise, I'm pretty excited about OpiFly, but also the SmartLock pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm most proud of the fact that we managed to innovate super fast. Yeah. Um, so basically, we've created an innovation fast lane within, within the company. Uh, and therefore, we are able to launch innovations from IDs to uh, pilots within three months. Yeah. That's extremely fast for a corporate. And uh, I'm really proud that we managed to do this as a team. Okay. Yeah, that, and I think that's that's totally something to be proud of. I mean, uh, looking at the the things that we discussed, that's that's uh, like it's it's pretty groundbreaking in that sense that uh, not a lot of well, no, nobody's actually doing it uh, at that yeah. that, at that scale and actually really implementing it. So I think that's something to be really proud of. Yeah, thank you. So I want to thank you for your time. Thank you for being here. Yeah, um, it was great. You, yeah, <laughs> I, I liked it very much. So um, you can find Albertine on uh, aha.no. Yeah, uh, obviously. And just go to your store to... Uh... Of course. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's a lot of Albertines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, also you have an app. So uh, Oppie. Oppie. Yeah. Uh, you can uh, order through that, I think, as well, right? Yeah, that's true. Cool. And uh, for the listeners, uh, you can find uh, Bits versus Bytes on bitsvsbytes.com and also on uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, all the, the major podcast platforms. Um, and also on social media, uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn. It's all Bits vs Bytes. Uh, and until next time.